you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the 49ers. There are five teams that have clinching scenarios in Week 15. The last I mentioned there, the 49ers could actually wrap up the NFC West coming up tomorrow. We have all those scenarios coming up in this hour of NFL Now on NFL Network from our newsroom in Los Angeles. My name is Andrew Siciliano. Let's go live to the league meeting in Dallas, not for debating whether or not roughing the passer should be reviewable. We'll save that for later. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, let's talk quarterbacks here. The Jets do not have a clinching scenario. Tom, they're trying to get back in to a playoff slot. They get the Lions on Sunday. What's going on in Florham Park with their quarterbacks? Well, Andrew, the Jets continue to move forward as if Mike White somehow is going to start after taking those hellacious hits in last week's game, twice leaving, getting himself back in. Teammates and Coach Robert Sala had praised Mike White for his toughness. He underwent a battery of tests, all of which left them encouraged. They consider him to be day-to-day. He is going to be limited in practice for today. The real news, though, coming out of the Jets headquarters is who's going to be the backup quarterback, assuming that Mike White does play. It's this week going to be Zach Wilson, who will be in uniform for the first time since he was benched several weeks ago amidst significant issues with accuracy, with his mechanics. They wanted him to reset. Now, he has been getting work in practice, mainly reps after practice, what they call their flight school, running all the same plays they run in practice, but he does does it with some of the practice squad guys and others. So Rob Calabrese, who's the quarterback's coach, spent a lot of time with him. Michael Fleur spent time with him well. And now Zach Wilson is perhaps one more hit away, potentially, from actually getting yeah. back onto the field for the Jets. Okay, and that would be against the Lions. Meantime, Desmond Ritter is getting on the field for the first time since the preseason, at least taking legitimate snaps here. Coming up on Sunday, Ian, as he is the new quarterback for the Falcons. What's going on, though, with the guy he's replacing? placing Marcus Mariota. Well, there are two separate things here going on for the Atlanta Falcons. One, Desmond Ritter, the rookie, really promising third rounder, going to come in and start for the Falcons. That decision was made regardless of any other injury situation. And then there's Marcus Mariota, who was benched after starting for the balance of the season, informed the Atlanta Falcons that he had a knee that he was going to get checked out. He's going to have knee surgery to clean up what is being termed as a chronic knee issue. Obviously hasn't, uh, apparently has bothered him. We, we did not know about this until recently. Going to have knee surgery on IR. His season is over, and obviously there's some questions, concerns about whether he's even going to be around the team. I know they would like him to be around. I know it is extremely rare for a veteran to just not be around the team, especially when he could be mentoring a young quarterback, but that I guess seems to be the situation for Mariota and the Falcons. Okay, Marcus Mariota not with the team as he's getting that knee checked out and having surgery and what is a chronic issue. 
Meantime, Tom, let's get to the Bears and uh, the Eagles here. The Eagles are the one team that are in, that is already in. The Bears have already been eliminated, and the whole idea of Justin Fields against Jalen Hurts would be fun. Um, we know Hurts is going to be there. What's Fields' situation for Sunday? Andrew, Justin Fields not practicing today because of an illness, but Bears coach Matt Eberflew said that they believe he's going to be fine and be able to play on Sunday. There's been a lot of that going around the NFL, different yes, teams has. dealing with illnesses. Obviously never ideal, particularly for a young quarterback to miss reps during the week, but does not sound like there's a whole lot of cause for concern, which of course is good news, not just for the Bears, but oh, thousands of people around the country who may or may not have fantasy playoffs or a final regular season fantasy game coming up this weekend. Sounds like Justin Fields who's been as good as anybody over the last uh, two months <laughs> since I cut him off my team, uh, should be out there. Okay, you, you cut Justin Fields. Fascinating. Ian, do you have Dallas Goddard on your I need a roster team? spot. Mistakes you were cut made. Justin Fields? Mistakes cut were Justin made. Fields. No, I have Travis Kelsey on my okay, fantasy team. So okay. Maybe the most dominant tight end in fantasy history. Held me uh, take the lead here. I'm going to be in number one seed for the playoffs. But Dallas Goddard is still extremely relevant for the other people who have him on their fantasy team, specifically those who put him on IR, hoping he would return to practice. He has now officially returned to practice. His 21-day window is open for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, who are among the best teams in the NFL, have as good a record as anyone, and now have one of their best players, Dallas Goddard, coming back this week in practice. We'll see if he's able to play uh, this weekend, but either way, help is on the way for the Philadelphia Eagles, not that they need it. Uh, right. Uh, for the record, I, I have Brock Purdy on my fantasy team, and he helped lead the Clowns to a huge so victory this past Sunday. There you go, Tom, and fingers crossed that Brock Purdy. The Clowns? Well, it's... Is it the Clowns? It, it's actually... the worst fantasy name. No, 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 no. The, the full name of the team is taken, second reference of the show, from Office Space, taken from Office Space. So if you remember the movie, it's actually a much longer name. It's the No Talent Clowns, if you will. Um, that's uh, the name oh, of the team. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Got it. So yep. here's hoping Brock Purdy plays tomorrow. Got it? Okay. Still we'll a continue. terrible name. No, it's a great name. And they're amazing. It's really a very mean name. I think it's a great name. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Ian. Brock Purdy should be good to go. We, we, we hope. He hasn't really practiced much because, well, they're not really practicing. It's a Thursday game here. Obviously, the, the, the Seahawks and the Niners coming up tomorrow. The Niners can wrap up the NFC West with a win on Thursday night football. This is a rematch. If you people remember, do you remember? I think so. From week two, this is going down as the game that will be remembered as the game in which Trey Lance got hurt. It happened here in the first quarter on a design quarterback run. He broke his ankle. He was carted off the field. And since then, it has been Jimmy Garoppolo all the way for the 49ers until he got hurt and, and Brock Purdy had to come in. But Garoppolo got through this game. Here's a touchdown to Ross Dwelly, a 38-yard score. The Niners were going to win this thing 27-7. And now the rematch. If Kyle Shanahan can take his team to Seattle and beat the Seahawks tomorrow night, they win the NFC West. Going into Seattle, like you tell anyone on the road, but Seattle, I think, um, you know, I don't think I've ever been anywhere louder than there. Just, and we know how their fans are. We know how that stadium is. Uh, you got to be ready for it. You can't expect to hear, not just at the line of scrimmage, but also in the huddle a number of times. And um, it's, a, it's a big difference playing there. They make it hard on you. You know, they don't, uh, you know, they don't do too many crazy things. Uh, they just like to play hard and, and make it a physical style game. And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be fun for us. You know, we get an opportunity the second time around to uh, see what we can do. 
See what they can do. Try to even things out here with the 49ers and hold off those Niners from winning the NFC West for the first time since 2019. Again, Brock Purdy's status is up in the air. We'll find out a little bit more tomorrow. We'll get an official injury designation coming up later this afternoon. Omar Ruiz back with me at the desk. Great to have you, Omar, to talk about this one. Brock Purdy played well last week against a Todd Bowles defense on a short week that had to travel cross-country. Again, it's a short week here. It's a road game for Purdy against a different Pete Carroll defense. Yeah, Brock Purdy, one of the great stories in the NFL this season. So much excitement for tomorrow. And I think he's done nothing but give the 49ers reason for justification on all the confidence that they've expressed in him. But obviously there are questions that remain on how sustainable all this success has been. You mentioned the short week now playing on a Thursday night, fighting through an injury, preparing his body and mentally for his first road game. There's the challenge of the environment playing at Seattle, one of the more hostile places to play in the NFL. You heard Kyle Shanahan say it, and there you, you said it, one of the great football defensive minds of this generation. Pete Carroll going up against that defense, even though they haven't been at their best necessarily this season, always play the 49ers tough. So Brock Purdy will be challenged in multiple ways, in ways that he hasn't been challenged so far in this young career of his. It should be exciting to see that in primetime tomorrow night. Also a challenge for Geno Smith against what the Niners bring in, which is the number one defense in football. Geno hasn't had much of a running game, a lot of injuries in the backfield a couple of weeks as well, a lot more on his shoulders. Yeah, you mentioned the lack of a running game here as Ken Walker's been banged up. And Geno Smith was asked, is he trying to create more game uh, game breaking downfield throws over the last few weeks, trying to get more on his shoulders. And he said, no, he's still just taking what the defense gives him. But he has had seven games in a row where he has multiple touchdowns, pretty long streak. But he is coming off his first game of the season where he had multiple interceptions. He said he has to maintain his aggressiveness, but obviously minimize those mistakes. Offensive coordinator Shane Waldron said they have all the faith in the world, all the faith in their hearts specifically is what he said about Geno Smith to continue to play at that once-time MVP level earlier this season. Obviously going to look to continue to ride the hot hand of Tyler Lockett, who has a touchdown in six straight games, ride the hot hand of DK Metcalf, the birthday boy today. Happy birthday, DK. He's had five or more catches in six straight games, so it might come down to that pass game if they still can't get that run game going for the Seahawks, Andrew. It's DK Metcalf's birthday. It's also, you know, who else has a birthday today? Laquan Jones. Laquan in research. Yes. You can't see him on the screen. <laughs> Does a tremendous was, job. I'm told it was Omar's birthday Sunday. It was my birthday on Sunday. Had a great weekend, yeah. All right, how about that? <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You're watching NFL Now, NFL Network. Uh, some updates on the quarterbacks here. Moments ago, Nathaniel Hackett said Russell Wilson will not practice today. He's still in concussion protocol. If he can't go, it's going to be Brett Rippon for the Broncos. They're a 405 Eastern time kick Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Meantime, we are waiting for an official injury designation here on Brock Purdy. 
All these estimates, well, they're that, they're estimates. It's a short week, but he is limited with an oblique and rib injury. As we get ready for the 49ers and hopefully Brock Purdy trying to wrap up the NFC West tomorrow night in Seattle against the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner joins us every Wednesday. Always great to have him in his quarterback room. Kurt, what do you, what do you think about what Brock Purdy did last week? I liked what the young guy did, Andrew. Um, you know, he, he didn't blow you out of the water. He didn't put up staggering numbers, but made the throws and, and the decisions he was supposed to make. Made a couple big throws for touchdowns. I thought he did a great job against pressure. Uh, when he had pressure in his face, being able to make some plays in those types of situations. And, you know, he does a really good job of playing on schedule. Um, you know, not the biggest guy, not the strongest arm. So a big part of his game is knowing what he's looking at and getting the ball out on time. And I thought he did those things as well. And that's all you were looking for with the team that's built around him. Make the layups. You know, do what you're capable of doing. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to try to make a bunch of big plays. That's what he did last week, and they got a huge win because of it. Huge win because of it, and if he could lead his team to another win, assuming he is healthy and plays tomorrow night in primetime in Seattle against the Seahawks team fighting for the postseason, I think we'd even be more impressed. Kurt, you're going to be on our air on Saturday. You and Rich call the Browns and the Bengals right here on NFL Network. No, you've looked at a lot of Deshaun Watson tape. Um, he made more throws last week, certainly, than he did week one. But, but everything that you said about Brock Purdy, um, it seems to be the opposite with Deshaun. Like, it, it's not fast. It seems like it's an effort almost on every drop back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us really understand what it's like to take 700 days off between playing in the National Football League. And you have to give respect to the game and to the players on the other side and the schemes that you're seeing that it can't be easy to get behind center and be able to to see everything and be acclimated to the speed of the game. And that's really what I think I've seen in the first two weeks. The first week, it just looked like the game was going way too fast for him. Technique was off. Even when he was trying to buy time, that the throws were going into the ground. I thought he settled in more this past week. And so, yeah, I think that's what you're hoping for is, uh, you know, you can get some wins while he's getting comfortable again and that at some point here down the stretch, especially if they can stay in this playoff mix, he can become the Deshaun Watson that we all you know, saw in Houston and the big playmaker that you brought him in to be. Um, but but it's going to take some time. I think we all knew it was going to take some time. And right now, there are some struggles going on in their pass game. Real quick here, not to replay the game, but there were throws that seemingly Jacoby Brissett would have seen and would have made. Did you see that too last week? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, Jacoby played some really, really good football when he was in there, uh, starting caliber football when he was playing for the Browns. Um, you know, so that's where it starts. And so, yeah, when you look at the last two weeks, do I think Jacoby Brissett would have played better than Deshaun Watson? No question. I think in both of the games, he would have played better. But you had to know this going in. You can't just, you know, it's not going to be seamless. So you've got to figure out, hey, we got to insert him. we got to go through our growing pains, and hopefully we can stay in this thing long enough 
for him to get back up to speed and, and be the guy we want him to be at some point this year. But yeah, I don't think there's any question. Most people would think uh, Jacoby Brissett would have played better these past couple weeks than Deshaun Watson did. Uh, not trying to suggest that every team has what the 49ers have, the speed at linebacker to take away all those in-breaking routes, or in the, uh, every team can pull off what Brandon Staley's game plan was this past yeah. Sunday. But Kurt, on tape, do you think that teams have caught up yeah. to the Dolphins' offense? Well, yeah, I mean, caught up, I think, is, is a big word. Do, do, do I think that there's a book out on what the Miami Dolphins like to do? Yes, they like to attack inside, you know, in between the numbers, okay? No secret. So now defenses are going to try to counter that with doing things like, uh, you know, Brandon Staley did this past week and jamming them at the line of scrimmage and making it hard, not free releases, uh, you know, doing some things where we're attacking the middle of the field and trying to force throws outside. But every good offense goes through this, is that you do things really, really well. Defenses counter that. And then the cat and mouse is, okay, they're going to do this, and we've got to do that. And we've got to show that we're capable of doing that. That's what Mike McDaniels, that's what Tua Tungavailoa is going to have to do. Is They're going to have to show they're capable of using the entire field and doing the things that they did early in the season, late in the season, whether they can do what they want to do or they've got to counter it. All right. And real quick in your backyard, do you fear that when Kyler Murray comes back, some of that electricity like are we going to get the same kyler murray when he comes back next year yeah i think we all fear that you know when it's such a huge part of your game and not just a huge part of your game but but he is such a unique you know being that he's different than most guys that we have playing the position you know him lamar jackson they're rare they're, they're the best athlete on the field they're the, they're the best athlete um you know going against the greatest athletes in the world and so you have a knee injury like this you wonder will he be able to come back and do everything that he was capable of doing before the injury and so i think that's a huge concern for everybody the great thing to me about kyler murray though is he's a very very gifted passer and so he's not stuck to just having to be an athlete. He can throw the football extremely well also. All right. I misspoke earlier. I said Browns-Bengals this week. Obviously, that was last week. You're getting Browns-Ravens coming up Saturday on NFL Network. The only question here that people in L.A. want to know, in the newsroom <laughs> want to know, Kurt, is it's going to be cold, mid-20s in Cleveland. Are you going to bust out the puffy jacket? Does it make its national television return on Saturday? Well, I tell you what, Andrew, people are going to have to tune in. Uh, I've got two games, two TV games in cold weather cities the next two weeks. So there's a pretty good chance that the puffy jacket makes an appearance. Uh, the question is just, will it be this week? Will it be next week? Uh, I'm not sure I've really decided that yet, but, uh, but stay tuned because it will probably, you know, it'll probably go nuts on Twitter and it'll probably make an appearance again. Could you get one for Rich too if you do it this week? Ooh, that, that would be fun. Do you think Rich would you think Rich would go with it? You think he'd he'd double up with me if we both had big silver puffy jackets? I think he would do it, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's such a wide jacket there. Like, could could you get that in the shot? Like, it is, is two jackets doable? <laughs> I don't even know. I, 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 I am not sure if two Michelin men can, can fit into one shot. But <laughs> not I'm Michigan to, man. I'm willing to give it a shot. We could do a Michelin I'm, man right, and exactly. a Michigan man. Yeah, okay. There you go. I that, like it. I like it. Work. I like the quick wit. Uh, tune in Saturday for the Browns and the Ravens right here, part of the triple header. Thank you, Kurt, on the call. Coming up 
right here on NFL Network. Let's continue on NFL now in a Wednesday edition, getting ready for those games week 15 by going back to the league meeting. Owners meet every December this year. That December meeting is in Irving, Texas, where there is a lot going on today. Notably, a conversation, and I know this one should be fun, about possibly, quite possibly, making roughing the passer reviewable. Let's go to Tom and Ian and Judy Batista. That's just one of many things today being discussed, Judy. Yeah, so Troy Vincent came in and spoke to us about an hour ago, and he said that in the room, uh, the owners discussed uh, roughing the passer and whether there is an appetite for making it reviewable by replay, and how would that work? Would that mean a coach has to throw the flag to challenge it, or would it have to come from New York? Um, Also, would there be an automatic ejection element involved? Um, Troy Vincent, who lived through the pass interference I would use the word debacle uh, when they made pass interference reviewable for one season and then got rid of it very quickly. Uh, I would say Troy is not going to be in favor of making uh, roughing the passer reviewable, but he said, guys, this is very likely to be coming up with the competition committee in the offseason. I might use the word fiasco. Fiasco is a good one, too. Kind of my favorite word. It didn't go well. And, you know, part of the reason it didn't go well was essentially what they were doing. Uh, This is something, Tom, I know the NFL does not like to do is taking one opinion and substituting it for another opinion really what you want is to be able to just watch the play have the officials make a good clean call and move on you don't want to get to a point where every single time in replay you're doing the slow-mo you're looking at a play over and over and you could you could literally call a foul on every play something the NFL does not want to go down but at least they are going to discuss this and uh, among other things discuss also the possibility Tom of making a roughing the passer penalty subject to an automatic ejection. Uh, I know you well enough to know that maybe you are not the greatest fan of all time of this rule, so I will cede the floor to you, and you tell us why it's a great idea. I followed up with Troy Vincent and asked him because he also included defenseless players in general in addition to quarterbacks as potential that if there's a hit that is a violation of a penalty, it could trigger an automatic ejection. I asked him as a former player and as someone who's in the room for the replays every week in New York, is this feasible? Is it realistic that you could even enforce this consistently enough given all the fallout that would take place from that? And Troy was very upfront saying this is his personal opinion, not speaking on behalf of the league or the competition committee, but that he thinks this would be difficult, does not think going down a path of chasing perfection is something that's best for the NFL. And I'm sure there are people sitting there saying, well, why wouldn't they want to get all the calls right? They do want to get the calls right. Of course. But you have different mechanics to this, and there are so many unintended consequences. Just think about the piece of this with the possibility of ejecting players, okay? And I just ran into one influential team executive in the lobby here and asked him. His response was, don't worry about it. The fight has just begun. It was a couple of owners <laughs> who brought this up in the meeting this morning. But think about all the different things here. You only address 48 players on game day. If you start ejecting people, teams are going to be short players. You're also going to have... There's a lot of star pass rushers. Some of those calls are not with intent. It's just a really bad-looking play. You're going to throw one of your best players, the highest-profile guys, out of a game. You've got pace of play issues, which you mentioned, because if you eject, you're going to have to make the ejections reviewable. 
And all that's without even mentioning the fact that subjective calls the competition committee has always been opposed to having those reviewable because they don't want to substitute one person's judgment for another's. The one time they went down that path was pass interference. It was one of the biggest disasters rule-wise that the NFL has ever seen. It is virtually impossible to think that this gets advanced here on any scale. But, of course, if enough owners and coaches rally behind it, they can get what they want. All right, let's quickly get to the other big topic, <laughs> which was changing the combine in the name of, and this was Troy Vincent's word, adding some dignity to the proceedings. They're going to change the interview process. Of uh, They're changing the timing of some of the workouts, and they want to change um, how the medical information is shared, so sort of reduce the number of tests that guys have to go through. And Troy Vincent made the point, guys, that this is a college player's first exposure to the NFL, and they would like to make it a better experience for those guys. One example of this, Judy, is let's say a player had an injury, got an MRI a month before. Instead of forcing them to go through another MRI, which is really not fun for anyone, plus you have to wait. <laughs> if multiple players have multiple MRIs, it takes forever. We've seen this happen time and again at the Combine. They would just share the MRI from the previous month. Medical information is being shared more often now than I think we can ever remember, thanks in part to the couple of COVID years. This does seem like it's going to be a uh, change for the better for the players. And one of the biggest complaints we heard from agents on behalf of their clients in recent years was with the drills in prime time. It was very long days. You're performing late at night. Yeah. Your body's not used to doing that now. Drills no longer in prime time. Bench press the day after the on-field drills, all of which are positives uh, for the prospects. Andrew, we're going back to you, and we do expect to hear from Commissioner Roger Goodell coming up in a little bit. All right, and we'll see that on NFL Network. By the way, as we're discussing the making things reviewable, I have no doubt Bobby Wagner was watching because the Rams linebacker just tweeted, during our conversation, the NFL does not need to eject players for hits like college. That's why I stopped watching college. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I tried to leave it alone, but they keep calling me back. I be speaking the truth, and they act like they hate facts. You cannot throw a football better than that. The MVP. People said Hurts can't throw deep. Question mark to exclamation point on this team. I think that might be Mike Renner's uh, playlist there for that music, bringing us in. Mike Renner from PFF, who joins us every Wednesday. Mike, good to see you. We were talking with A.J. Brown yesterday about his quarterback, who seemingly finds a new way to beat you every week, and right now is likely the favorite for MVP. What do the PFF numbers tell you about how well Jalen Hurts is playing? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, is that he can't beat you any which way quick passing game deep passing game intermediate passing game with his legs design runs it really is a master class in quarterback development and you know it's a different player than we saw last year and i think the biggest thing that gets lost is how impactful he is to the run game. 
you know, he has, he leads the league in passer rating, yes, but you can't really compare apples to apples with him with someone like Patrick Mahomes because he turns this running game into a different animal altogether. He leads the NFL at the quarterback position with 95 designed runs. He's averaging 0.317 EPA per rush on those. Patrick Mahomes is averaging 0.321 EPA per dropback this season. So he has turned their running game into a dropback passing game with how efficient it is. It is just rare to see a quarterback do such a thing. It's a reminiscent of Lamar Jackson back in 2019. Let's give some credit to Trevor Lawrence as well. Hasn't thrown an interception since October. What about a deeper dive on his numbers? Yeah, he's the highest, second highest graded quarterback in the NFL since week nine per PFF summers behind only Joe Burrow pretty good company to keep and it's not just he's taking layups he is attacking down the football field he's the guy we saw back at clemson a 98.7 pff passing grade when targeting 10 plus yards down the field over that span far and away the highest in the nfl he's gone 36 of 53 664 yards like he has been that downfield passer that was promised and he's doing it with Really not downfield passing weapons, which is a testament to just how good he's been. He doesn't have the Jamar Chases of the world, the Justin Jeffersons. He's kind of doing it to a lot of guys there. So pass off to Trevor Lawrence. He's arrived. What about in New York, Mike, where the Jets and Giants have both seemingly come back to earth? Go under the hood with what their numbers show. Yeah, I was on here, I believe, about a month ago saying that the Giants are kind of just figuring it out, figuring out ways to win. But ultimately, in the NFL, you have to have the guys at some point when you go up against the Eagles of the world, the Cowboys of the world. So there's seven wins this season. Have None have come by more than seven points. They have been able to grind out these close games, but it's not really a sustainable path to success. So I think the talent level there in New York is finally bearing out, as you see there. Daniel Jones, just a below-average quarterback. That's probably what you're going to get. On the flip side of things, though, the other New York team, the Jets, I still believe. You know, they lost to two really good teams in the Vikings and the Bills these past two weeks. Mike White looks like a legitimate upgrade over what they had at quarterback in Zach Wilson, and you still have impact players. You've got Garrett Wilson balling out like a number one receiver. Sauce Gardner right there, maybe the best cornerback in the NFL is the highest graded one at least with his play this season and Quinn Williams breakout year highest graded run defender at defensive tackle like they have the guys to make game changing plays I still think the Jets make the playoffs the Jets have lost four out of six but they could take, uh, take a huge step back towards the postseason with a victory this coming Sunday against the upstart Lions download the PFF app or go to pff.com for more analysis on those two teams and all 32 and we thank Mike Renner as we always do here on Wednesday NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.